Hello, and welcome to Easy Bake Takes. Takes, the podcast where we read you the one-star reviews of your favorite movies and more. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. And today, we, in honor of the live-action Barbie movie coming out, we are watching some Barbie movies so we can, you know, educate anybody on little Barbie lore if they're mm-hmm. confused. Today, we're doing Barbie, Princess and the Popper, a gay Barbie classic from September of 2004. That's when it was released on video. And then it premiered later on Nickelodeon on TV in November of 2004. Hmm. Okay. It has no rating because it's a straight to video release. And it's... It's Barbie. Yeah, it's Barbie. <laughs> she d- she cannot be confined to the MPAA standards, okay? They can't touch her. They can't... Untouchable. <laughs> untouchable icon. <Okay>. But... <laughs> The plot of Barbie as Princess and the Popper is In an unnamed kingdom, a blonde princess and a brunette popper are born at the same time. Several years later, <laughs> Princess Annalise is betrothed by her mother, Queen Genevieve, to the wealthy King Dominic to save their nearly bankrupt royal treasury. However, Annalise is in love with her young tutor, Julian. The pauper, Erica, is an indentured servant, working off her parents' debt at Madame Carp's Dress Emporium, which supplies the palace with clothes. However, she dreams of becoming a singer and seeing the world. Unbeknownst to the queen, the reason behind her kingdom's bankruptcy... (laughs) is that her advisor, Preminger, has been stealing gold and emptying the royal mines. Upon learning from his henchmen, Nick and Knack, that the queen has arranged Annalise's marriage to King Dominic, he decides to make Annalise mysteriously disappear. Preminger plans to pretend that he has found the princess, earning a betrothal to her, which would allow him to become king himself. Julian takes Annalise for a day out into the kingdom so that she can be free for once. There she witnesses the poverty caused by the kingdom's bankruptcy. Annalise hears Erica performing in the street to earn money, but Madame Carp steals the earnings. Annalise and Erica bond and learn that they are identical (laughs) apart from their hair color and the crown-shaped birthmark on Annalise's shoulder. That night, Annalise and her cat Serafina are abducted by Nick and Knack, who leave a forged letter saying she ran away. Julian, doubting the letter, asks Erica to- smell it. (laughs) This isn't her writing. I know her. This doesn't smell like her. That's literally the reason. He's like, it's always Rose. This isn't Rose. Julian, doubting the letter, asks Erica to impersonate the princess, saving the engagement while he investigates. Prabinger is surprised when Erica, disguised as Annalise, presents herself at the palace. Over time, Erica and King Dominic fall in love, but Erica worries about what will happen if she is found out. The real Annalise escapes, but the guards, having seen Erica, mistake Annalise for an imposter. Mistaking Annalise for Erica, Madame Carp forces Annalise into her shop and locks her inside. Julian overhears Preminger's plans, but is discovered and captured. Annalise has Serafina take her ring and a tag from the dress shop so someone can find her. Unfortunately, Preminger and his dog Midas intercept her. Preminger takes Annalise to the mines where she is imprisoned with Julian after Nick and Knack cause a cave-in. Preminger returns to the palace where he exposes Erica as a fake and has her imprisoned. Preminger convinces the queen that Annalise has died and that he has... <laughs> 
<laughs> and that he has supposedly come into great wealth during his travels. With no other options, she reluctantly agrees to marry him to save the kingdom. Erica escapes the dungeon by singing a lullaby, causing the guard to fall asleep so she can take his keys. She's aided by King Dominic, who suspects Preminger of lying. Meanwhile, Annalise and Julian find out how to restore the kingdom's resources with some geodes filled with crystals. The two then confess their love for each other. Erica's barking cat Wolfie unearths yeah, a mine <laughs> shaft, and the group escapes by flooding the room and floating towards the surface in a barrel. At the Queen and Preminger's wedding, Annalise arrives, proves her identity with her birthmark, and reveals the truth about Preminger. After a brief chase, Preminger is arrested along with Nick and Knack. Annalise tells her mother that she wants to marry Julian and that they can help save the kingdom. Soon after, the kingdom's prosperity is restored thanks to the crystals in the mine. Madame Carp is no longer patronized by the palace and goes out of business. With her debt finally paid, Erica leaves to become a renowned singer. After touring the world alone, Erica realizes where her heart truly lies and decides to return home to marry Dominic. Annalise and Erica have a double wedding, and they and their husbands ride off in a carriage together. The end. That's a nice little touch at the end. She got to go do what she wanted first. Mm -hmm. Like go and sing, do her thing, travel, see the world. And when she was ready and when she wanted to, she got to come home and do and marry. And that's awesome mm -hmm. on her terms. It's Barbie. I know. Okay. <laughs> Barbie's had every job under the sun. <laughs> you think they're going to skip out on letting a woman live her dreams? <laughs> I love that little detail. Yeah. Like when, when she was ready, she was all like, okay, I've seen the world. I've done my thing. Now it can happen. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. As great as that is, all of Letterboxd wished it was gayer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good enough. <laughs> it's not gay enough. Uh but this, this movie was directed by William Lau, and it was written by Cliff Ruby, who also wrote Balto, and also Bean Girls 2. <laughs> I love Balto. I know you do. And Alana Lesser, who also wrote Balto with uh, oh Cliff Ruby, and Beethoven's Fifth, and Mean <gasps> Girls 2, and Land Before Time 14. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally gonna like make a joke like 207 they made so many of those movies and I saw all of them I looked at it and I was like oh it came out in 2018 Debbie is not gonna give a shit about that no I've only like I could only recall like the first 10 <laughs> that's still pretty impressive yeah you're telling me Balto was written by two women no a man and a woman still a woman that's awesome mm -hmm. i and love that movie she wrote beethoven's fifth you're the one that brought that movie up i love beethoven i watched mm -hmm. again all a hundred of those movies because mm -hmm. they made a dozen or so i remember every year i would see a commercial on disney for the next beethoven movie and i was like hmm it was nuts, like Land Before Time, Beethoven, fucking Airbud. They made a million and one of those movies, and I watched every single one. <laughs> oh my god, we do have to do Balto one day. Like we yeah. do. That's a big one for me. Okay, we will, we will. But the cast of this movie: Kelly Sheridan voices both Princess Annalise and Erica because Barbie plays both of them. Cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> She also voiced Barbie in Rapunzel and The Nutcracker. So she's a, a very familiar Barbie voice to us because those are the Barbie movies we watched. Hell yeah. And then Melissa Lyons is the singing voice of Princess Annalise. Mm. And Julie Stevens is the singing voice of Erica. Martin Short is Preminger. I screamed when I realized him. How did they get him? I don't know. Everyone, that was a, one of the points that came up on Letterboxd a lot. They were like, man, he just takes any job, doesn't he? <laughs> I think he does have three 
girls oh are you kidding if i had little girls i'd be like okay yeah i'm gonna do any like barbie thing ever and i'm sure that's the reason like he was like i'm gonna do this for my kids yeah but he's a girl dad that's a girl dad move that is a girl dad move even though he's a villain he's a pretty good villain oh yeah and he's funny (laughs) he's Mm -hmm. really funny i'm sorry he has like two or three songs yeah he got his screen time Mm -hmm. but ellen kennedy voices queen genevieve mark hildreth is the singing voice of king dominic and he's also in a lot of barbie movies as well as being in the my scene movies i might add my scene what's that my scene was barbie's response to the brats dolls Mm. they were like oh you can make edgy dolls so can we not as good (laughs) as brats but you'll notice over time that they started looking more and more like brats dolls as it went on dang my scene had better games on the barbie.com website than the barbie games oh there you go but mark luna is the singing voice of king dominic kathleen barb voices Serafina and Birdie and she's also in a lot of Barbie movies but she's also Madison in My Scene Jammin' in Jamaica which is the one that I said belonged in the Criterion collection. Yes I saw that that was hilarious. And then uh, Ian James Corlett is Wolfie and is in al- also in a lot of Barbie movies <laughs> and Alessandra Giuliani is Julian also in a lot of Barbie movies most of these people I looked at their IMDBs and it was like Polly Pocket, Barbie Bratz, My Scene, all all of that they're they're bread and butter <laughs> mm-hmm. couldn't really find much about budget or money made for it this thing looks like it costs five dollars there's your budget <laughs> anybody got a playstation 2 we can borrow <laughs> yeah no kidding yeah. Um, but some trivia that i do have there obviously there's not a lot because it's a barbie movie from mm-hmm. the 2004 um <laughs> straight to dvd barbie movie hey it was on tv one time <laughs> this is the first ever barbie musical in the barbie movie series mm. obviously the plot is loosely based on the 1881 mark twain novel the prince and the pauper mm-hmm. and it is the first barbie film that completely excludes fantastic elements fairies magic or mermaids which were a usual part of the barbie franchise but they have a barbie and cat which is weird that's pretty magical that movie gaslighted me i thought <laughs> i was like that's a cat and then it barked i was like oh maybe it just makes a weird noise but no it barked <laughs> i was like is it a fucking dog and i couldn't tell for like a good chunk of the movie if it was a dog or a cat they pointed out they do olive hold on was that a dog or a ferret <laughs> <laughs> she has this toy that you know, you have to scoot it for the treats to come out. <laughs> if she picks it in her mouth and just chunks it at once, <laughs> it comes out. Um, so she's in another room doing that. Yes. Okay, back to this. I'm pretty sure Annalise asks about Wolfie when they first meet. You might have missed, I might have missed her it. asking it. Yeah, because she goes, did your cat just bark? And she just goes, he does that. Uh, <laughs> but again, doesn't answer the <laughs> it doesn't answer the question. He's bilingual. He's leave him alone. <laughs> so, but like, there's a part where he barks, and then the maid comes in and goes, "I thought I heard a dog." She's like, "Oh, what dog?" Like, it, I was like, I, I was just confused. Mm-hmm. So the score of the movie that that's performed in it is performed by the London Symphony Orchestra. Oh my god. <laughs> and the music in the film was arranged by Arnie Roth. And then for the soundtrack, the lyrics were written by A.B. Powers, who has written songs for movies like Ella Enchanted, oh. Sweet Home Alabama, and mm. Aquamarine. Oh, there we go. Yeah. 
And then it, some of the lyrics, they were mostly written by Amy Powers, but a few of the songs were also written by Rob Hudnut, who actually had executive produced most, if not all, of the animated Barbie movies, including this one. And then the music itself for the soundtrack was composed by Megan Cavallari. Okay, if there's anywhere they spent the money, it was in the music, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like, at least it'll sound good. It sounds good. It sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> um, a video game for Game Boy Advance, PC, and Macintosh was released in 2004 by Vivendi Universal Games in the Gay Boy Advance title. The plot follows that of the movie. Did you ever play Barbie computer games that weren't online? The the ones you had had to have a disc for? Uh, I'm sure I did, yeah. yeah. I had like two, but they were both just like makeover games. I, I can't recall if I ever had one specifically, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The next one that I have is that this is the first Barbie movie to not feature Barbie and Kelly at the beginning, although Barbie does still narrate the beginning and end of the story. Like, as you know, with Rapunzel and Nutcracker, they start with, like, Kelly and Barbie doing something together and she like tells her the story so that this is the first one to not do that also it's only the third barbie movie so it's not really like a trend or anything but like yeah it just happened in the first two hey most iconic two yeah the rapunzel one mm-hmm. and the nutcracker the rat king is scary and it's fucking tim curry <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, but the last thing that i have is that they do my favorite thing they did animated outtakes mm. in the end credits those were funny i <gasps> love those those were great <laughs> i love that i was so surprised because like pixar did that in their first few films they stopped doing those i I wish they would do that they have the money why don't they do that yeah there were some like mixed feelings about it the people that seemed to not like it seemed to be adults the people who did like it watched it as children but they're hilarious they are they are why don't they do it i i that's dumb yeah those are children movies we'll get there when we get there (laughs) (laughs) let's focus on what your opinion of it is okay well this is my first time watching it. I don't recall watching this one as a kid. I didn't either. Yeah. I had the book. Oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely didn't watch this as a kid, but this was a pleasant surprise because I haven't watched a Barbie movie since I was a child. These were, mm-hmm. what's it like? Like shit memes? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like shit posts? Yeah. It kind of felt like that. I'm just like you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was just goofy enough and surreal and it's so god awful to watch. Like, look at visually my Mm -hmm. first note is why is everything blurry (laughs) it looks like the exposure is on too high for the entire movie i feel like that's partially like a transferring it to digital a digital format thing yeah i feel like like i don't remember it like any of the vhs ones being that bad Mm -hmm. but like also i didn't know anything better (laughs) exactly you know it's like when you see 4k for the first time and you look back at other stuff and you're like like holy shit i can't even see anything who's talking right now i can't (laughs) i was i was watching it i was like where are my glasses and i had them on (laughs) like that's how i felt watching the movie it was so fucking blurry yeah i I mean i um like you said, the it, the visuals weren't exactly where a lot of the money went. No. It's not like it wasn't possible to make it look better. I just also think that Mattel wasn't really like shelling a lot of money out for the straight to video movie stuff. No, 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 definitely. Okay, there's a moment where our short's character, so like the prince comes over to the castle and I don't know if it's his dad or whatever goes like, when should we set a date for the wedding? And the queen goes, how about a week from today? And our short's character goes, ah! <laughs> so i filmed it it was so fucking funny i love that so much his character i'm sorry i loved his character just knowing he's martin short it's just funny yeah oh my god everyone in this movie has blue eyes it just felt like that miley 
Miley Cyrus picture where she's staring at the camera with the blue eye. Yeah, the terrifying one. That's what this whole movie looks like. It's nuts. Yeah. When they first meet Princess and the Popper, they're singing the song, and the Princess Barbie sings that she she gets eggs in the morning when she wants, the maid brings it in on a silver plate and rubs her feet when she eats it. And she goes, but I'd rather be in the library reading my science books. Tell her not to rub your feet. <laughs> Say no. <laughs> you have a say in this. You're the fucking princess. You're the one that asked you could for say, them. hey, bring me my eggs to the library, maybe. I don't know. I'll make my own eggs today. Thank you. <laughs> it's the thing of like they want to switch lives, you know? I'm like, no, you don't. No. You have everything you want. And I get it, she she's being forced to marry someone she doesn't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously that doesn't happen. But then Popper is was it indentured, indentured servant? Indentured servant has to work off her parents' debt. Yeah, she's just like, I don't want to be poor. <laughs> I don't want to. Be- yeah, exactly. You know, pauper. Pauper just means a poor person. Is that what that means? Mm-hmm. I thought it was her name. Her name's Erica. <laughs> oh, it's Erica. It's Erica. I thought her name was Pauper. <laughs> it like Piper. I thought it was just like, oh, it's a weird, it's a weird version of that. No, pauper just means poor. <laughs> Well, there you go. It's poppers that I swear to say that. <laughs> oh my god. I had no clue. I didn't know. But that's on Mark Twain from picking that word. Yeah. I've never read that book. I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, didn't even hear about it until this movie. Don't <laughs> you made me watch it. You didn't you you didn't even see the wishbone version of it? There's a wishbone version of Princess and Popper. <laughs> I only saw the um, the Hellas Horseman version of Wishbone. Mm. Mm-hmm. It would just show down in class every fall. Really? Yeah. We would watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? With the Crypt Keeper? <laughs> They're just like episodes from that show. Yeah, with the Crypt Keeper? You think so? The scary little man mm-hmm. tells you the tale. It was the same teacher that made me watch Where the Red Fruit Grows. Okay, that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. that show I don't think was ever targeted towards children. I'm pretty sure that was like a kid's thing Mm-mm. no no because i watched a steve shimmy episode they're sex <laughs> they're like it is not for children it was on nickelodeon it's a spooky anthology series for kids i think you might be thinking of a different show i might be <laughs> <laughs> no we would watch are you afraid of the dark or uh peanuts halloween like the great pumpkin peanuts thing oh i love the peanuts that's a good one mm-hmm. um <laughs> what were you talking about wishbone i don't know there's a wishbone prince and the pauper thing that's funny never heard of it never saw it i really did not even i did not know this was based off a mark twain book until you just told me a few minutes ago really i'm not even kidding i'm not why would i lie about that (laughs) i was i was faking it till you till someone asked oh my god okay well i've never read it so i'm not much better i just have seen a dog do it Wishbone. fucking wishbone do it um, oh my god but what else what other notes did you have about this that we're talking about that was it that all that i wrote down but overall i liked it it was entertaining i'm really excited for next week when we do the rapunzel one because that's the one i watched growing up but this one was good very interesting i can't believe they got more short to do it overall pretty good pretty good neither of us watched this one when we were little i might have like seen like watched it in passing or something i don't know i think i skipped i skipped this one and went to pegasus yeah this was one of those things where like it would probably be on at a friend's house yeah because we were like four or five when this came out yeah we were little this is probably on at someone's house at some point i'm just like you is like an old twitter meme but this is like most people that love animated barbie movies this is like 
held as their favorite one. And I see why. Like, it's... Yeah. If you grew up with it, absolutely. And we're watching it for the first time as adults and we enjoyed ourselves. Like, <laughs> I, I, I know I would have liked this as a kid. Yeah, I would have liked it. I get why a lot of people like this one the most. Mm -hmm. I personally can't let Barbie Rapunzel be trumped by this movie, but... I'm interested because I haven't seen that movie since I was, like, literally a small child. Yeah. I'm ready to see how it compares to this. Mm -hmm. I do have a feeling it's going to be better, but... It's not a musical. This one's a good musical. Yeah. They put the money into it to make it to make it a good musical. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to make it a musical, you might as well go all out. They went all out for it. So like, you know, good for them. Yeah. So I wonder how the Rapunzel one is going to compare. I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. I don't have a lot of notes on it. Like you kind of covered most of the stuff that <laughs> I was kind of feeling about it. Like, <laughs> There's not too much to dwell. <laughs> yeah. It, it's mostly like this. This feels like a good quintessential Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize until I started doing research because I, I hadn't seen it. I didn't realize that Barbie was playing both of them. I thought it you know, would have been a good opportunity to introduce a new <laughs> friend of Barbie's. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's so funny. She's a fictional character, but she still gets cast in two roles. It's really interesting. It's very Lindsay Lohan of her. <laughs> it is. It is a very um, parent trap. <laughs> I couldn't think of the damn movie. <laughs> yeah. We've yep. covered that one as well. We have, just we so have. you know. I do remember that one, yes. yes. I think a lot of my more articulate thoughts will come up when we get into like the critic reviews and stuff. I will say people who are going out of their way to write a review about this movie, we're not going to write a negative review about <laughs> this movie. A lot of them are more recent and from people who watched it when they were little. But there is one that is negative. Okay. And the rest are relatively positive. There you go. You probably have to do the same for Rapunzel, like seeking out the reviews themselves because like... It's not going to be on Rotten Tomatoes. There were two and one of them like was a dead link. Yeah. But I'm going to move on to these now. The first one is from Rotoscopers by Rachel Wagner, who I think we've done reviews from her a few times. Her name sounds familiar. Yeah, but she wrote this in May of 2018. So she had given like a very detailed plot description before getting into the actual review. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just to give a little context for this quote. So they say, quote, I don't normally do plot heavy reviews, but it seems like the best way to share what is most special about Barbie as the princess and the pauper. The music and the storytelling. This is the first real musical from Barbie, and they did a great job with beautiful songs that are well sung. It is impressive that they have different singing voice actors than the normal talking lines, but it feels seamless. I wish more animated films would do this, as not every voice actor can sing. End quote. True. I'm going to tell you, I didn't know it was different voice actors and different singers. Didn't know that. I would have guessed, I would have guessed it, it was all the same person. Yeah. Yeah, very seamless. Very seamless. Mm -hmm. Next, Rachel says, quote, The story is a classic fairy tale, but executed well and with enough pizzazz to keep things interesting and fun. The downside to the film is the same for all the Barbie films, mainly the weak animation. To enjoy a film like Barbie as the princess and the pauper, you have to be willing to accept CG animation that isn't the best. The rendering could be better and the backgrounds are practically non-existent. I find I can adjust because the other aspects are so outstanding, but that won't be the case for everyone end quote i couldn't see anything so but you you heard you heard the music you got the story i heard the music and it was good that's all that matters the colors looked nice they were fuzzy but i saw them <laughs> 
Next, they say, quote, Martin Short has tons of fun as Preminger, and Kelly Sheridan does a great job differentiating between Annalise and Erica in her vocal work, with Melissa Lyons and Julie Stevens doing the singing voices respectively. If you have an open mind to this type of animated fairy tale, then you will enjoy Barbie as the princess and the pauper. It's a good story with fairly well-developed characters that struggle with conflicts that are not instantly solved by positive thinking or magic. The songs are terrific with beautiful singing voices from all around. The animation isn't great, but it is good enough to enjoy the film anyway. I bet if you give it a shot, you will be surprised by how much you like it. End quote. I will say I watched it on my iPad and I could see it a lot better. Did you watch it on your TV? Yes. That's probably half of it. I don't think it could handle being stretched out that much. No, it was so blurry and it was so bright. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I was like, is the exposure up? Like it was the beginning shot is like a whole is a whole view of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell. I didn't know what I was looking at. Yeah, try watching it again on a laptop or something. It was nuts. <laughs> but yeah, so the, I think they summed it up pretty well. It may not look great, but the story's fun. And I like the note that they made about how they have conflicts, but it's not just like solved by just being positive or by magic. Like they actually have to solve the problem. Themselves, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is from Review Stream, which is just a website where people can put reviews of movies. Mm -hmm. And this is by at Sarah Dragon 26. Yes. <laughs> so they say, quote, as a girl, I love to get Barbie dolls for Christmas or my birthday. I had so many different outfits, dolls or accessories that went with the toys, but I was already an adult when the movie started to come out. So as one can imagine, I was not jumping at the chance to watch the movie as an adult. There was a curiosity about them, yes, but not enough to make me want to jump out and buy them, end quote. They use the word jump like three times. <laughs> hey, they're not a professional, okay? <laughs> they're just, they're just like you. They're just like me. They don't proofread. <laughs> But next, they say, quote, The first movie I saw was Barbie as Princess and the Popper. I knew the story of the Prince and the Popper well, so while babysitting my nieces, they asked if I wanted to watch it. I was honestly surprised to see that it wasn't too bad. It's not a movie meant for the enjoyment of adults, but my nieces loved it. I liked the message behind it, that you never be more than who you are, and you should be proud of who you are, even if you're not proper or rich. My nieces liked the barking cat, while I liked Martin Short as the little villain. It seemed like a fitting role for him, end quote. Oh, that's excellent. I love that. <laughs> my, my nieces love the barking cat. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> She's right. Martin, Martin Short is great. He's really good in it. Yeah. If there's a Billy Burke in this movie, it's Martin Short. <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> Next, they say, quote, While the movie itself would not be one that would draw me back time and again, the songs are quite nice to listen to. I have a huge collection of soundtracks, and I love songs from musicals to, mu to motion pictures. I didn't buy the Barbie, Princess, and Popper movie, but I did get the soundtrack. My favorite song is at the end of the movie called Written in Your Heart. While they're not the end-all be-all in soundtrack songs... For a children's film, the songs were well sung and beautiful. Unlike other Barbie or Barbie-inspired cartoons of the past, one comes to mind called Gem, this film was done with computer graphics. Hand-drawn animation really is a thing of the past, but that didn't take away from the film. The animation was smooth and good for a simple children's film, not high-tech by any means, but good for something just meant for children, end quote. Do you know what year this was written in? I think this was probably around the time it came out. 
It didn't say. But to say, because the way they phrase, oh, it's not high tech, but it's not bad. I'm sure you could get away with saying that back then. But today, mm -hmm. it looks like a video game graphic. It is. It's not great for that time either. Like, Shrek was out around that time, like, before that. Yeah. But that's, like, top tier. Exactly. So you could probably get away saying, like, oh, it's not great, but it's not bad. I think with how Barbie looks in the animated movies, you can kind of get away with that, too. It's like... Like, they look like plastic. The animals look scary. The animals are scary. The, when the horse smiles, oh, my God, I've only seen that in my dreams. The happy right that horse <laughs> it's scary the horse is terrifying i'm a little confused by the line and you should be proud of who you are even if you're not proper and rich i don't think that was exactly the message i don't think it was either <laughs> i don't like the tone <laughs> i don't either i don't like your tone i don't like your tone <laughs> I think the movie is saying you should love yourself no matter what, not even even if you're not rich and proper. It's okay if you're poor. Guys, it's fine. The rich people have problems too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how it, yeah. This next one is the negative one, and it is the only one written by a man. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. I think this is from around the time the movie came out. This is from Moria Reviews by Richard Sheeb, who gave this movie two stars. So they start with, quote, Barbie as the princess and the pauper turns to Mark Twain's novel, The Prince and the Pauper. The Prince and the Pauper is, is in itself not a fantasy story, although it has a setting of 16th century England and it takes a little stretch of the imagination to fit the story out as a pseudo fairy tale here, replete with talking animals. Alas, while The Prince and the Pauper works perfectly acceptably reinvented as a fairy tale, Barbie as the Princess and the Pauper fails to work successfully as a film. The Barbie series later reissued The Prince and the Pauper in Barbie, the Princess, and the Pop Star, end quote. Hell yeah, we should watch that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this might this might be more recent then, since they're mentioning the Princess and the Pop Star. But it's not a fantasy. Like, the animals are talking to each other, but not to the humans. Yeah. T adding talking animals does not a fantasy make. Yeah, that, and if that's the only aspect, then it's not that much of a fantasy. And the humans can't understand the animals. So, what's your point? You don't have one. Yeah. It would be a thing if the animals and the humans could understand each other, but they literally cannot. They can't. We're just getting the perspective of the animals. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> Next, they say, <laughs> quote, The Princess and the Pauper is made in the same bland plastic style that Mainframe used for the other early Barbie films. Unfortunately, the film is formulaic and director William Lau never invests it with enough vitality to make it stand out in any way. Barbie's name has become synonymous with an airhead blonde beach bunny. William Lau's failing is that he allows the character on screen to be barely more than that either. There is little in the way of expression to the character. In fact, one suspects that Barbie as the Princess and the Pauper might have worked better in live action rather than animation where actors would give the characters some life. Subtlety of expression and been able to fill out the humor much more. There are far too many songs, all of which are bland and forgettable. Barbie as the Princess and the Pauper is a competently made film. One has to give it that, but far too formulaic to be involving. End quote. Just say you have bad taste. That, and it's like, this is a children's movie. What do you mean it's far too formulaic to be involving? Shut up up <laughs> what are you talking about i understand that yeah like barbie gets reduced to being like a ditzy person sometimes but i just she reads science books she's literally the been the president of the united states 
So I don't know what else to tell you. She's a doctor. The woman's a doctor. The woman's a doctor. <laughs> what else do you want? Are you not paying attention? Yeah. Also, like you said, the character of Annalise is really interested in other things as well. She reads science books. Yeah. Yeah. She knows how to read. She's rich. Yes, exactly. Erica is technically Barbie too. Yeah, and she likes to sing. She has a dream. This person seems like they have, I was looking on the, their website. It seems like they have reviewed like every movie under the sun. Oh, so this is like bottom of the barrel for them. <laughs> They've reviewed every Barbie movie. They just start going through every movie ever. Wow. You'd think that would give them some perspective, but. Nope. This, it's, it's him comparing, he's comparing this to Citizen Kane. Barbie Princess of the Popper is a way better film. Then Citizen Kane. <laughs> I love if he were comparing to Citizen Kane. He still gave this two stars. <laughs> so there's some something redeeming about it. <laughs> Let's see how he ends it. Mm -hmm. Quote, William Lau also does one thing that crucially kills the slender suspension of disbelief <laughs> we are prepared God. to give the film. He gives a series of animated outtakes at the end where we see the character's stunt doubles, the princess's cell phone ringing during a romantic scene, and the prince suddenly breaking into a rap number. Even aside from the fact that the idea of animated outtakes has been borrowed outright from Pixar and is hack hack is a joke by now. <laughs> For these to go, for, for these to come after having sat through the film seems almost entirely designed to shatter what reality we have been prepared to extend to the story. End quote. This has to be a joke. This has to be a joke. Life must be terrifying for you oh if my you can't if you can't give the Barbie movie five minutes of what the hell. <laughs> One of the few negative reviews. I can oh find my god! It has to be a joke. There's no way this was taken this seriously. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I they'd know. reviewed I don't know <laughs> they'd reviewed like every Barbie movie I I appreciate that they're giving it se the seriousness as if it were like just another movie mm -hmm. kind of thing but also like it's a Barbie movie it's a straight to DVD Barbie movie straight to VHS to, v to VHS yes I don't know I don't know what else to say about this I'm really dumbfounded I'm not even mad I'm just like this has to be a joke. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this is Slim Pickens, dude. Slim Pickens. <laughs> but the next review that I have, if you're ready to move on from this one. Yes. <laughs> a blog called Adventures in Barbie Collecting. So this is a huge Barbie fan. Her name's Holly. And she wrote this review in 2019. She starts with, quote, My favorite thing about this film is that the storyline is actually pretty complicated. It probably is one of the most complicated plots in all Barbie movies, which means the story is really engaging. There were lots of twists and turns that I wasn't expecting, end quote. That's true. And also, this is a minor detail, but the plot that you read for this movie, mm -hmm. just a, you know, a little while ago, it was longer than some recent movies that we've done that were real actual movies. Hey, whoa, whoa, what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This movie has outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real movie. It is a real movie. But it is like, there is more to this movie than like a basic plot line. It helps that it's based on something that's like... Like a, a novel. <laughs> yeah, like a full-on like classic novel. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, for them to take that and maintain the complicated nature of the story, it's pretty cool. Not that bad. But next, Holly says, quote, I really like the character development too. I feel like all the characters, even Preminger's sidekicks, Nick and Knack, are really dynamic and fleshed out. All of the characters actually contribute something to the story, end quote. There was some character development, sure, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, the plot is that they have character development. Yeah, yeah. 
quote, One thing I like about this film is its setting. It's very picturesque. A sweet town with a gorgeous soft pink castle. The whole film is washed with pastel colors, and it's very pleasing to look at. It's one of those things I really like about older Barbie films. Plus, the clothing is really nice. I love the outfits and the way the character's hair moves. The facial ex expresses are really good, very expressive, and it really contributes to help the audience understand what the character is thinking and feeling, end quote. Yeah. If you could see it, yeah. If you could see it, I couldn't see it. I get what they're saying. I think it's another one of those, like, you got to check your expectations of animation at the door a little. Yeah. Next, they say, quote, However, the animation is clearly, clearly at 2004 standards. It has aged terribly. The books <laughs> in the background don't even look like real books. They're just rectangles. You can hardly see details in the characters from long distance. Some of the animation is incorrect, too. For example, when Erica is singing, Annalise is animated instead. Overall, this film looks very poor in comparison to other films produced in 2004, such as Shrek 2 or The Incredibles, for example, which still look crisp and nice to this day. It has major VCR vibes, end quote. Very true. Mm -hmm. And it's unfair. You can't compare something that went straight to VHS to DreamWorks or Pixar. Yeah. Which are, and they're multi-million dollar companies. Mattel is too, but not in movies. Yeah, like, I just don't think they were going to pay DreamWorks Pixar prices <laughs> to make a Barbie straight-to-video movie. They weren't going to pay Steven Spielberg prices to no. make it look good. The animation does get better as time goes on with these movies, mm -hmm. but... As technology does, you know, It gets over cheaper to make it look nice. Yeah. But yeah, so that was the last critic review I had. I can move on to the audience reviews if you're ready. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is so perfect. I didn't expect you to say this. Five stars, letterboxed. Barbie as the princess and the pauper is better than Citizen Kane. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> We're always going at the end, like, compare this movie to your Citizen Kane. How would mm -hmm. you rate it? This might be... Citizen Kane. <laughs> it does in my book. Citizen Kane does in my book. It's sitting at a 0.5 out of 10. Most movies do. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. Most movies do. It's not a hard bar to surpass, but this movie definitely surpasses Citizen Kane. Yeah. The next one is a 10 out of 10. A lot of the 10 out of 10s on IMDb were so fucking cute. Oh. This one, I teared up. Oh. This is a 10 out of 10 from IMDb titled Almost Rogers and Hammerstein, written in September of 2006. If you don't know, Rogers and Hammerstein wrote a lot of big Broadway musicals. They wrote The Sound of Music, and they wrote The King and I, and also some others. Mm. So they're comparing the music in this movie to, to that level. Which isn't bad to say. They did spend money on the music, so I get it. Mm -hmm. This person says, Some of the sweetest words I've heard lately were, Daddy, come watch Barbie with me. <laughs> right? After she fell asleep in my arms, I finished the movie, rewound it, and watched some scenes again. I later rented the movie again for myself. Uh, I mean, for her, of course. Okay. okay, I have no pride. I thought the lyrics and music were world-level excellent. The delicate, innocent emotions captured by the animators were heart-melting, and Martin Short's voice work was hilarious. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> of course. I think if this was an, a more innocent time, Arnie Roth, the composer, would be listed among the greats. Hmm. Rodgers and Hammerstein. Maybe more still to come from this great talent. A definite top 500 best movies of all time. Some of the sweetest reviews we've been reading lately are parents reviewing, reviewing these movies based on, you know, what their kids watch. And their kids loving it, therefore they love it. Mm -hmm. It's so sweet. This is so sweet. And it's so cute that like she fell asleep and he was like, okay, but I really liked this movie so much. <laughs> okay, I need to listen to that song again though. <laughs> It was a <laughs> So, isn't that so freaking adorable? So sweet. Like, you had me at Daddy Come Watch Barbie with me. As 
evil as IMDb can be. This is so sweet, and I love it. There are some hidden gems in IMDb. The parents of IMDb for this movie were not standing for slander of this movie, but we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. I have some I have some lore <laughs> for the oh, IMDb okay. Barbie reviews. All right. But we'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> so this next one is one star from 2020 on Letterboxd. Could have been gayer. <laughs> yep. All right. There's another Barbie movie where, like, there's these two cottage core women living together, and I don't think they end up with men at the end. And and oh, come um, on, <laughs> that was in the the queer Marxist analysis of Barbie movies. I love that. And he was like, "Do I even have to say anything? <laughs> like, it's just two cottage core lesbians." That's fantastic. I love that. <laughs> yeah. This next one has no stars. It's from 2017 on Letterboxd and says, "More children become aware of the notion of class structure. Marx could only dream." <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> uh, this next one's from 2023 on letterboxd and it has half a star oh god did they forget cinema is a visual medium this looks like a strange playstation 2 <laughs> game that only 13 people could confirm exists <laughs> it was wiped from everyone else's memory <laughs> There's 13 copies left. Oh, God. That's fantastic. <laughs> this next one is one star on Letterboxd from 2023. There is no way in hell I would ever have a joint wedding. <laughs> same. Same. Yeah, honestly. You have to ride in the carriage away with each other? No. At least have your own. But that adds to the gay argument. Mmm. I see it. But no, I would not want to share my wedding with somebody. <laughs> Like, you're rich. It's not saving money. Oh, they're besties, though. <laughs> I love you, but I would never have a joint wedding with you. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Can you imagine if me and Austin just showed up on your wedding day and we're like, we're here. <laughs> I would kick you off a mountain. You, could, you have permission <laughs> to kill me because <laughs> I've lost my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, shoot, that's what I was going to do. It's a good thing you're not invited to the ceremony. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but the next one is from 2022 on Letterboxd. It has one star and it says, The only thing I liked about this movie was the villains overacting. Also, why did the cats have a more compelling storyline with better chemistry than everyone else in this movie? <laughs> the cats did have really good chemistry, I will say. Mm -hmm. No stars, 2019. It's healthy to watch a critically acclaimed masterpiece every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> this is a comfort movie. I believe it. Oh, yeah two and a half stars from 2023 on letterboxd martin short really put his whole martin shirt short to ussy into the villain role <laughs> oh, God. and managed to breathe a bit of life into these soulless animations when they did the early pixar thing where they put fake bloopers in the credits that absolutely floored me it's hilarious and it's very true martin martin short like really put like his own little touch on it you know his whole martin short ussy i don't like that at all <laughs> i don't like that at all I'm not even repeating it. <laughs> <laughs> Three stars from 2023. I think this one was my favorite. Greta Gerwig has a lot to live up to. <laughs> True. And a lot of people were like, I hope she watched all of these. <laughs> I hope she did her homework. <laughs> Three stars from 2020 on Letterboxd. The Sims 2 has never looked better. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this looks okay as a child i would watch sims 2 versions of popular music videos <laughs> concrete angel by martina mcbride there's a, sims, there's a sims 2 music video version of it oh my god and 
I would watch it and I would cry because that song is really sad. You showed me this years ago. I remember mm -hmm. this. Yeah. And you cried during the Sims one. <laughs> oh my like, god. Eight. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh. oh my god. <laughs> five, five stars. <laughs> 2020 on Letterboxd. I just know Tarantino and Martin Scorsese wouldn't be able to do it like this. <laughs> they wouldn't be. They mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to. Mm -hmm. And they go to bed every night knowing that. Yep. They can't. They just can't. <laughs> Four and a half stars for 2017 on Letterboxd. They're lesbians, Harold. <laughs> Wait, who's Harold? It's a Tumblr meme from the movie Carol, with um, which is about a lesbian romance. Oh, with Kate Blanchett? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that recently, actually. The meme, I'll explain, is um, somebody went to go see it at a theater, but it was like 85% old people, a bunch of like old couples. And halfway through the movie, this old lady in front of them turned to the old guy next to her and just said, Harold, they're lesbians. <laughs> like he wasn't able to put it together. <laughs> Maybe she was dumbfounded. Maybe she just figured it out. You know? It Harold, they're lesbians. Oh my god, that's hilarious. I mean, there is a very big crossover between Tumblr and Letterboxd users, I will say. Yeah, that sounds about right. This review makes a lot of sense. Yeah. This next one, this is a 7 out of 10 on, on IMDb that's titled, 40-year-old heterosexual male finds surprisingly good music from <laughs> 2005. And, this, and <laughs> this male says... How's this for a commentary on the music in this movie? I sometimes specifically ask my wife if she has it in the car to listen to. Pushing out Duran Duran and other music from the golden age of the early 80s, I am skeptical of musicals by nature, so when I heard that the Barbie people had produced a musical, I could only imagine how shallow the music was going to be, seeing that it would be directed towards our seven-year-old daughter's age group. I, of course, had no choice but to hear it several times after we bought the movie, and our daughter and three-year-old son wanted to listen to the CD in the car. I was surprised beyond anything thing I could imagine to find that there is some serious quality among the songs that are done here. As for the movie's animation, it may be my imagination that the production skimped a bit in that area to pay for the songwriting. And of course, the Barbie series animation was already nothing to get excited about in this day of Pixar, DreamWorks, and Blue Sky producing top-notch computer-generated material. But the music itself is really a find, and I would recommend it to anybody. This is a fucking review. Yeah. This is a review. He's like, I don't even listen to my favorite music from the 80s. I asked my wife to put on the Barbie soundtrack. That's how good this is. Good for, good for him. Another dad with good points. Yes. Thank mm -hmm. you. <laughs> <laughs> Three and a half stars from 2023 on Letterboxd. I remember six-year-old me crying over Barbie marrying the guy with the ponytail because I thought he was so <laughs> ugly. <laughs> that sounds like something that would happen for you. It would, though. I would be so upset. That is, that is something I probably would have ended up doing if I watched this as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half stars on Letterboxd from 2023. Nothing about Preminger makes any sense. How did this guy get to be the queen's most trusted advisor when he is obviously so evil that even his painting looks menacing? If he's already rich from stealing all the gold, then why does he even need the title of king? And if he just wants the title of king, did he really need to steal all the kingdom's gold in order to do that? I mean, isn't he already the queen's most trusted advisor? Also, how did he recruit two henchmen? Couldn't he have found anybody more competent to work for him? Nonetheless, Preminger is an icon and I still love him for his flamboyant <laughs> villainy. True. Very true. Very true. I agree. Just facts. I understand. 
I can't argue against any of them. All good questions. I can't argue. Yeah. This is a better negative review than what that dude wrote in <laughs> the critics one. Yes. If you want to bring up issues, this is how you bring up issues. <laughs> this is how you bring a conversation to the table, okay? Yeah. The people will respect. Oh, I'll have this one. I'll, re- I'll have this conversation. We could debate over this. You know? Yeah. Three and a half stars on Letterboxd from 2021. Okay, so what the fuck? This was really good. Like, yeah, the animation is crapped, but the script is wonderful. The songs slap. <laughs> the cats are adorable. And the villain... Oh, the villain. Preminger, I love this man. Every time he was on screen, I was laughing my ass off. Such a dramatic bitch. An icon. And this movie has fake bloopers. Amazing. Those are all amazing points to bring up for this movie's great. I totally understand. Three and a half stars from 2020 on Letterboxd. Barbie and Erica are icons with bunch of lipstick and kissy and fairy and high heel emojis and it says alternate review erica in the streets barbie in the sheets jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) this is another one that was really fucking cute um this is a nine out of ten on imdb titled loved it from 2006 and they say I bought the DVD as soon as it came out. I've watched it with my granddaughter about a dozen times. I still can't get the songs out of my head. I sing along, I buy all the Barbie movies, and this has to be the best. I'd actually like to see a stage production of this. If it's done by young people, even better. Let's remember the target audience is young girls. I'd like to know of just one girl that has the movie but didn't watch it more than once. And they know the words to all the songs. Okay, so do I. (laughs) What on earth could they have done to make it better? I love that. That's fantastic. They genuinely really liked it. Adorable grandma. I know. I love that. That's so sweet. So this is where there's two reviews that are back to back. The first one's a negative one of somebody being a grumpy asshole. Mm-hmm. And the next one is a response to that. So this is, it had no stars on IMDb titled, Ah, the fresh smell of merchandising from 2004. I've rented every Barbie related video for my four-year-old daughter. And of course she seems to enjoy them. From an adult's perspective, I think they're so-so. They certainly don't have the quality as any theater release and even some other made for kids videos I've seen, but it's suitable for youngsters. The video was chock full of what would appear to be decent songwriting, but there was nothing that was all inspiring or catchy. In the end, my daughter lost interest after about 15 to 20 minutes, which isn't a good sign. Of course, with its tie-ins from the endless supply of Barbie commercials with the tagline, hear Barbie sing for the first time, I'm sure the sales will be good. Note, there's nothing more annoying than a staged blooper reel. By Barbie standards and those who love this kind of kid-friendly fare, I'm sure it was a noteworthy product. While I realize that it was not written for my age bracket, I still have to sit through it, and so am entitled to an honest opinion. While I'm not critical of this movie in front of my own child, my outlet is in this forum. I have an imagination and have found numerous movies from the younger set entertaining because they'll make a nod or two to the adult viewer. Sadly, I found nothing of that nature in this release and detected the distinct use of a marketing tool slash gimmick to win over child viewers. On my end, when the target audience can't even be entertained, I feel a bit more just into posting of my own review. Lighten up, it's an opinion and obviously not shared by the apparent magic of Barbie that was missed by my family. So I think this was a second review that they had posted. I went on their page to see if I could find the other review that they posted. It must have gotten taken down or something. This is just obnoxious. I'm entitled to my own opinion of this movie because I had to watch it too, spending time with my daughter. 
Yeah, like I had to spend time with my daughter watching a movie she likes. Well, she didn't like it. She watched the first 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Because it's one thing for leaving a sweet little review going, I love this, my kids love it, my grandkids love it. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. But on here, just to, to bitch about a children's movie is another. This is before smartphones. They sat down on a computer and typed this up. Mm-hmm. Just fucking breaking the keys typing this thing. <laughs> Yeah. But we have a response. I'm not sure which came first. I don't know if the response came before this one or if this was response to the original review. Mm -hmm. But this is another... I Actually, I don't think there was no rating. I think I just screenshotted it wrong. Mm -hmm. But this is another review from IMDb titled Excellent Movie. <laughs> and I saw this... So like when you scroll to like the bottom of a movie's IMDb page, it has like an example of a review. This one was featured. And I was like, why? Are, they're like calling somebody out. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? So I followed the rabbit, the rabbit trail. <laughs> and I found this. So this is a response to Cyclone, who posted the first one from 2005. And they say, Cyclone, you are so wrong. I am a 35-year-old mother of three, and I adore this movie. I bought it for my three-year-old daughter, and both she and my 11-year-old daughter watch it every day. Even my 14-year-old son got a kick out of it, although he'd never admit as much. Aww. I find myself listening to the CD, and the songs pop in my head at work every day. And you know what? That doesn't mean I have no life. It means I can have fun. Readers, if you are contemplating renting or buying this movie, I say give it a shot. You'll be pleasantly surprised. It's very cute entertaining and fun might i suggest the reader skip over cyclone's comment and let this movie stand for what it is a fun decent movie the whole family can enjoy this is gonna be me as a parent like all the movies i love you can't do that mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't and it's concise it's short and concise no kidding also it's like very sweet like like the songs pop on their heads and they say like this doesn't mean i don't have a life it just means i have fun like you're a parent of three what your kids and are are watching you're watching mm -hmm. so it just means it's just what you're watching if you like it that's awesome that, that's good like, good job. Yeah. I love this. I love... <laughs> it's not petty. It's more so like, fuck you for saying nasty things just because other people like this movie. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, they must have been rude. Or just like having a snobby take on it. Yeah, because they must have said something really fucking rude in their original one. Because they deleted it, right? Or it got taken down by IMDb. Mm -hmm. They don't say anything as rude in this one. No, it's just snobby and just a bad attitude. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think these were supposed to be beneath those ones. So that was my last <laughs> review. That's hilarious. <laughs> Oops. Um. There we go. Yeah. Well, it ended on a positive one, so there you go. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. A lot of the parents on IMDb were just like, very. most of them were very sweet and cute. Some mm -hmm. of them were attacking this person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but what do, what do you think you would rate? Because this is similar to Aquamarine where it's like, I feel like there needs to be like a category of what the rating would be for this, but like as a child, or I mean, as an adult, since we didn't watch this as kids, yeah, so it would be didn't. a little different. Um, I want to say five because the music's really good. Visuals, um, I don't know, <laughs> but musically, it's really great. Generally good for what it is. I think it's at a five. Well, I'll have you know it's on the Letterbox top one hundred for animated movies. Is it really? Yeah. Oh my god, really? People fucking love this movie. Oh my god. Yeah. In the realm of Barbie movies, I would say, aside from my own personal bias, I'd say it's probably one of the best ones. Mm. And the songs are really good. I don't know. I'd probably give it like a six. All right. And I'm assuming you don't have much else to say about this. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think we said about everything. Yeah. This is a very concise episode. Mm hmm. Short and sweet. Yeah.
So if you want to recommend any movies for us to review in the future, you can reach out to us on our Instagram at Easy Bake Takes. We also have a TikTok at Easy Bake Takes. We have our website, EasyBakeTakesPodcast.com, where we post our episodes and review of reviews and our transcripts to our episodes. And we also have a Letterboxd account where you can follow us. And don't forget to follow us wherever you listen, leave a review and share with a friend because it really helps us out a lot. And thank you so much for listening. My name's Kat. And I'm Riley. This has been Easy Bake Takes. Easy watching out there. Bye. Bye.